Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of Charts at Billboard, based in Los Angeles. Joining me on the other line in New York is Billboard's music editor, Jason Lipschatz. What's Hello, up, Jason. man? How are you? How's it going? Oh, it's it's going swimmingly. How are things in New York? I'm great, man. I'm great. It, you know, it's it's Monday. We are uh, recovering from Video Music Awards. Had a had a great time, and uh, yeah, it's been a fun fun week in pop music. But yeah, a lot a, a few things are happening. Yeah. A few things. We'll be and we'll be talking all about all of that stuff that you're already thinking that we're going to talk about that we teased actually a week ago on the show uh, because the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition. You can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Man, oh man, today on the show we'll be talking about the 2017 MTV Video Music Awards Most Impactful Moments. Uh, mm. Of course, part of that was Taylor Swift, who debuted her new music video. We'll, we'll be talking about her new single and video for Look What You Made Me Do, how the track is Doing heading uh, for the top of the Billboard Hot 100 chart. We we shall see. We'll get into all of that, man. Plus, we've got chart chat about how Despacito has tied the record for the most weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. How Brand New earns its first number one album on the Billboard 200 chart, and how Little Uzi Vert is aiming for number one on the Billboard 200. On top of all that, we've got an interview. With uh, the lovely ladies of Fifth Harmony, uh, so awesome! Always catching up with them. Friends ladies came of the by. Podcast, Fifth friends Harmony. of the podcast, longtime friends of, of the Pop Shop. They came by to talk about their new self-titled album and, and a lot more. Uh, great catching up with them. So uh, stay tuned for that later in the show. Uh, but first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode, and give us a rating or review while you're at it. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcast. You know, I just yeah. want I just want to harp on that. I just want I want I want some reviews. I want some I want to read some cool reviews and give Keith give you some some shine. Like let's go. Like I, I want some shout outs to Keith on iTunes. Uh, critical critical commentary. Yeah, yeah. Give us give us some stuff. Come on, guys. We 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 always love it when you guys listen and, and give us feedback. So Let's make it happen. All right, so let's hit three. Actually, we're we're gonna do two of the biggest headlines because there's really only two things that that are really focused on uh, in the pop world right now. We got VMAs and, and we got Taylor. Let's start with Taylor. So uh, Friday, last Friday, look what you made me do comes out uh, Thursday night at midnight slash Friday morning. Uh, Taylor Swift returned late last week with the lead single off of her forthcoming sixth studio album, Reputation. Look What You Made Me Do. Man, it, it is a wildly different look for the pop superstar. The song's lyrics and music video, incredibly self-referential, improbably caustic. This is a darker Taylor than we've ever met before. And, uh, you know, the music video for the song, like I said at the top, uh, premiered during the VMAs. And will help boost the song's streaming numbers as, as it tries to conquer uh, the Hot 100 chart. So, so first of all, Keith. Yes. Just, you know, I, I actually have no idea how you feel about the song. What, what do you think about Look What You Made Me Do? I have uh, purposely not shared any of my feelings about the song uh, online. Uh, I thought it was interesting, though, on 
Thursday night, you know, at, at midnight when it came out, there were a lot of hot takes on Twitter about the song. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's just a, it's, it's a song, I think, that is a very polarizing track. Yep. Um, it, is, it is not an immediate, obvious smash hit that's just, like, full of catchy pop hooks, but I think that was probably by design. Um, it's, I think it's more of a statement piece on Taylor's part. Um, and I think it, it will probably uh, rub a lot of people the wrong way. That said, um, there are certainly some parts of the song that really stick in your head, yeah. um, like you know, in a earwormy way. Um, but it's just it's just such a caustic track. Um, so it's really you know it's difficult. Um, and oftentimes those kind of songs that are kind of explicitly about something that is is not very relatable to the average person i wonder i wonder what the average public music fan thinks of those songs you know songs that are so explicitly about like you know the drama of being a celebrity like yeah i don't know i don't know how those generally work it's really true you know one of the things and and i i'm i'm right there with you on the track uh i think i probably like it a a little bit more than you do but uh at the same time I, i i my my mind was a little bit blown in the sense that I, it just wasn't, it was way darker than I, I thought it was going to be. And when, when you say it, it's interesting, um, when you say like what an average listener thinks of this, because you know, talking to friends about this song, talking to my wife about this song, they, they were kind of like, what is, they were like, yeah, you know, we, we kind of remember that she had some backlash last year, but like, what is she really talking about? I mean, it, it seems like they didn't get it. <laughs> yeah. It, well, no, I mean, because I think that, so many of us, and and I call, I include myself, have kind of moved on from the Kanye West like Snapchat thing, and and like the Calvin Harris tweets about burying Katy Perry. Like I think because we're in it day to day, we remember that a little bit more clearly than casual listeners. But I don't know. I mean, I, I think that it's it's more than anything. I'm way more interested in Taylor Swift as villain more than the actual Mm. drama of what happened in 2016 on snapchat about kanye west song famous i I don't really care about that i I, I definitely think i'm i'm more than anything the song intrigues me uh so much and i can't wait to hear this album because it's going to be so different and so messy and polarizing like like you said i i think that i'm definitely expecting that and and i kind of can't wait for it yeah well, um, clearly a lot of people can't wait for this song either. It's off to a huge start on streaming services and airplay and in sales. Um, we posted a story on Monday about how the track is off to such a great start that it's probably likely going to hit number one on the Hot 100 next week. Um, it will be Taylor's, I believe, fifth number one single. Um, but, you know... The week is not over yet. Anything can happen. You know, who knows? Yeah. You know, Adele and Beyonce could drop a duet. Uh, wow. A that, and B. That, that might be the only thing that could stop Taylor <laughs> from number one at this point. Um, and oh, also the video came out. And the video is just so over-the-top, expensive. You know, there's an army of Taylors, you know, all together in this video. It has a very, it's, a, it's a very clever video. Um, and it's just full of, like... Easter eggs and like you know freeze frame moments that you're just like well what what does that mean what is that referencing so it's highly rewatchable yeah I totally agree I definitely think the video adds a different layer to it because 
you know, I was when she announced the the album title and and revealed the album art. I, I definitely was expecting something along the lines of blank space, something a little self satirizing, a little bit tongue in cheek. And then right. the song comes out, and and it's definitely not at all. Uh, it's it's it's. Um, you know, very kind of uh, aggressive in, in a way that something like a blank space was not when it comes to her criticism uh, before that. And but but then you have the video, and I, I think that does kind of strike that self-satirizing tone of you know poking Taylor poking fun at herself and her image, especially with that last scene with all the the different Taylors interacting. Uh, it was yeah, clever is the perfect Spoiler word for alert. it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, well, we should probably move on. Uh, All right. Videos. We should probably move on to the VMAs. Yeah, so the VMAs, uh, a cavalcade of big pop stars and bigger messages. Very heavy political lean on the award ceremony. Uh, Kendrick Lamar was the big winner with Humble taking home video of the year. But the night was also highlighted by Logic's moving performance uh, and speech on mental health awareness, performing his song with Alessia Cara and Khalid. Uh, Pink's video Vanguard acceptance speech about refusing to conform to societal expectations. Loved that. And uh, multiple condemnations of white supremacy and the events in Charlottesville. Paris Jackson spoke out. Um, a, a descendant of Robert E. Lee was on hand. Don't don't get that at every VMAs. Wow. Um, wow. In more lighthearted territory, you know, you had the, the performances by Miley Cyrus and Demi Lovato, Shawn Mendes. Katy Perry, who hosted, uh, they all performed. Uh, one Rod of the, Stewart showed up. And Rod Stewart showed up uh, with DNCE. Yeah, that was that was actually a pretty fun performance. I enjoyed that. Uh, I wonder if that was pre-taped because it. I mean, it was in Vegas. It so, feel, but, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, yeah. I, I I suspect it. It, mm-hmm. it was. Uh, but one of the cooler moments, uh, Ed Sheeran was joined by Lil Uzi Vert, uh, who I know you're going to get to later in the show. Uh, they did this uh, strange mashup of Shape of You and Exo Tour Life. Uh, did not see that coming, Keith. So wow, uh, it was a it, you know it was a it was a really interesting show. It, there there are some times where you're looking at the clock and it's like, all right, it's in the third hour. I uh, can't wait to get through this. Just you know, performance after performance. Um, I thought I thought this was a pretty compelling VMAs and. Uh, you know, it's just I, I love Pink. I, I love having someone like Pink do a big uh, um, mashup of all of her songs, uh, big medley. And uh, Miley sounded great. Kendrick opening up the show. Uh, it was fun. I mean, and I, you know, I think the the video of the year was actually went to the video of the year for Humble. <laughs> so that was for pretty once, cool. They get it right. Yeah, they got it right. And um, yeah, Not for I, once they've got it right a lot of times. Yeah, I'm, no, you that's know. very true. Um, you know, one of the things that was kind of a bummer was the the um, tribute to Lincoln Park's Chester Bennington was kind of weird. Got some backlash uh, online. Um, you know, they they basically just aired like thirty seconds of Lincoln Park's 2010 VMAs performance and then like cut to a commercial. Very strange. Um, oh well, that's always the, the the plight of award shows. When, and when you and this is so terrible, but like you know, award shows. If 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 you if you're too far away from the death of the artist, yeah, the award show producer is just like, mm, how much time should we really commit to the show for this person? I mean, it's let's it's lame, but that's how these producers think. Yeah. So um, I, I'm curious as to you know what our listeners really took away from the show. I, I thought, like I said, I thought Logic was a huge winner. 
uh, Kendrick Lamar was was you know he's he's the A-list uh, among all the A-listers and and uh, one video of the year had had one of the best performances. It was a, it was a fun night, man. Yeah. Well, let's move on and do the uh, chart chats. Let's do uh, it. Here here are three of the biggest headlines on the charts right now. Number one. Despacito hits a record tying 16th week at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Number two, brand new is brand new at number one on the Billboard 200 chart. Oh, I see. I see what you did there. Yeah, I'm funny. Um, it's the rock band's first number one album. And number three, it looks like Little Uzi Vert. Uh, there's that name again. Could bow at number one on the Billboard 200 next week. All right, let's break down each of these individually. First up. One Sweet Day, back in 1996. Mariah Carey and Boys to Men's One Sweet Day set the record for the most weeks at number one on the Hot 100 when the track spent its 16th week atop the list. It beat the previous record holders, Boys to Men's I'll Make Love to You and Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You, which had both spent 14 weeks at number one. So not only did One Sweet Day beat it, but it actually beat it by two weeks. Uh, and now we fast forward to 2017, where Luis Fonsi and Daddy Yankee's Despacito, featuring Justin Bieber, spins a record time 16th week at number one. The song still actually has a decent lead over the number two song this week, which is DJ Khaled's Wild Thoughts, featuring Rihanna and Bryson Tiller. But it would appear that Despacito will likely step aside next week for a new number one. Uh, Taylor Swift's Look What You Made Me Do. Uh, but. It doesn't necessarily mean that Despacito is done with. It's not like Dunzo for Despacito because Taylor <laughs> could have a really big first week and then retreat from number one, and then Despacito could go back to number one, um, which could totally happen. So yeah. Despacito could rack up a seventeenth week. It just maybe not maybe not necessarily a consecutive week. You know, consecutive seventeen, and that way, if it did that, it would stand alone as the longest running number one period in history yeah and it, it'll be interesting to see in the, in the coming weeks if it, if it does get that 17th week i mean I, I think no matter what happens it's this is just unbelievable in, in the sense that 21 years of of one sweet day standing alone uh, as 16 weeks at number one and now now it at the very least has to share that honor with with another song it's records are meant to be broken yeah yeah yep. it's uh y- you know congrats uh Luis and, and Daddy Yankee and, and Bieber and, and everybody that um, behind that song, it, it definitely, nobody could have predicted 16 weeks at number one. It's, it's nearly unprecedented. Uh, only one song has ever, other song has ever done that. And uh, it's, it's pretty cool, man. Let's move on. Uh, next up, Rock Band, brand new, nabs its first number one album on the Billboard 200 as science fiction starts atop the tally with 58,000 equivalent album units earned in the weekend in August 24th, according to Nielsen Music. And of that sum, 55,000 were in traditional album sales. Um, the album was released on August 18th through the band's own Procrastinate Music Traders label, um, and it is the first album from the band in nearly eight so clearly people fans of the band were very eagerly awaiting this album and uh some folks might sort of look at this number one and go huh who's brand new because they're not they're not incredibly well known um in terms of mainstream pop or rock music they don't have a lot of airplay they're not you know like it's it's a fairly number one but they picked the right week to drop their album because you know 
there's a time in, in August where there's not a whole lot of stuff that comes out. And if you take advantage of the right week to come out, you will have a nice, you know, handsome debut on the chart. And they did it this week. Um, Jason, uh, normally we would do a quiz Katie uh, on oh, the show, boy. but we're going to do an Ask Jason. Uh, Jason, brand new, waited 14 years, two months, and four days from its Billboard 200 chart debut in 2003 until its first number one album. Now, if you haven't read my story online about this, then you will not know the answer. Can you name the last act that waited as long for its first number one? You know, I, I feel like since be, because I, I haven't been hosting the the Pop Shop podcast, I feel like I'm rusty on these mm. on these these charts. So you questions. don't have an answer. No. Well, no, let me ask you a question. Can you give me some kind of hint? Is it like a rock band? Um, no, it actually happened just last year. Okay, so last year. But it's it's like a weird one. It's like it's like it's a it's a weird number one. Um, weird number one. Um, and and it was it was from someone someone. I'll, I'll just go ahead and tell you it's a person that you probably would have thought had a number one album like sometime in the in the long past, like many moons ago. Yeah, it's like it's not Tony Bennett, but it's like a Tony Bennett who who's. Who never had oh. a number one album? Um, I, can, I can, I can, I can just tell you. It'll be quicker that way. <sighs> yeah. Same, all right. I yeah. give up. So it's actually David Bowie. Oh. Now, uh, see, that's that's forgot why about that. It's it's tricky. So David Bowie's Black Star debuted at number one on the January 30th, 2016 dated chart, which was 43 years and change, uh, like 43 years, nine months, and 15 days after he debuted on the chart with Hunky Dory in April of 1972. But, of course, Black Star was released two days before David Bowie died on January 10th. So if we look earlier um, to uh, sort of a more traditional <laughs> album debut, uh, the last longer wait than the 14-year wait for you know that Brand New had was actually by Tyrese, when his Black oh. Rose album debuted at number one back in 2015, which was 16 years and eight months and 18 days after his self-titled album debuted on the chart back in 1998. So Interesting. Yeah, so there you go. Um, and uh, lastly, according to industry forecasters, little Uzi Vert <laughs> could be heading for his first number one album on the Billboard 200 chart. Um, I think they're framing this as his de- his debut album, even though he's had mixtapes before. Um, so I his was, new album. I always but, love that when when there's like a title like "Love Is Rage 2 yes. and it's a debut album. It's like, whoa, what happened to "Love Is Rage"? One? I wondered that too because this yeah. album is called "Love Is Rage" and then it's the numeral two. Exactly. Like, where was one? Um, anyway, it's on course to bow top the list. Um, uh, according to forecasters, uh, it's going to do probably over a hundred thousand units. Wow maybe like 110-ish, so that's pretty good. Um, a lot of that will be streams. Hip-hop does very well with streams, um, so that's not terribly surprising. Um, other albums heading for sizable debuts on the chart include Fifth Harmony's new self-titled set, Queens of the Stone Age's new Villains, and Tentacion's 17. Yeah, I got that, I got that pronunciation right. Very cool, right. very cool. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. I, I, I think now, <laughs> Jason, you have something to say. Yeah, it's uh, it's now time. Speaking of Fifth Harmony, it's time to uh, check in with Fifth Harmony. Uh, super happy to have the lady stop by the office in the midst of a very busy week. Um, you know, they they dropped their album, they performed at the VMAs, 
uh, and, and they stopped by the Billboard offices all in the same week. Uh, we talked to the group about uh, the new music and everything, their, their, their hectic schedule, uh, much, much more. Um, happy to have them back on the Pop Shop Podcast, so take a lis- listen to our chat with Fifth Harmony. Thank you to Fifth Harmony for stopping by the Pop Shop Podcast here at Billboard. Thanks for having us with they your Gucci socks. Yeah, my, I'm wearing literally Gucci Mane. <laughs> They're yeah. epic. The Super epic. He's on. Uh, you guys just performed with him. You we guys did. Yeah, we down. did. We did. You guys want to be a and with him? I know. That's crazy. Keisha. Keisha QR was there, so That's she shared a stage with him. That, that was like the best. She's yeah. Beautiful. So in the past week, you guys performed at the VMAs. You wanted the VMAs. Uh, mm-hmm. You released your third album. Like, how are you guys doing? This is like a whirlwind week. How it is everything is. feeling right now? Quite it's a definitely moment. a whirlwind, and I feel like I'm really sad that it's over. Like, I knew I going know, into it, I told the girls, I was like, I'm so excited, but you know, once we finish off of the stage, like, I'm going to be really sad because I want to do it all over again, and sure enough, I want to do it all over again. Um, <laughs> it was definitely the most monumental night for us, I think, especially in our careers over the last four to five years, and we've worked so hard. We've had an amazing relationship, you know, with MTV, and they've been there from the start, too, so we're really, really grateful for, you know, their love and support, and just the crowd, and just the opportunity, yeah, and the the liveliness in the room i feel like it's a magic and energy that's indescribable so you have I, to be on stage to like really I, feel I gotta, it i gotta ask you about that split oh Ooh. no <laughs> yes okay. queen queen you, of got, splits. you literally got a shout out i, I think it was bb rex yeah, i did uh, we loved her she did it she gave me a shout out like three times literally three three i love bb so it was amazing no i love her like girl power all the way was that like uh, a planned th- it must have been a planned thing well shout out like- to our choreographer sean bankhead he will have us doing all <laughs> kinds of tricks yeah. on stage whether we're singing or not but luckily i pulled it i pulled that's incredible. Was was it kind of like nerve wracking leading up to it? I would, you know, I, I, I as someone who cannot split? do a split or get <laughs> close to a split. Well, actually, I'm going to tell you what happened. So for the beginning, when we fell back and my mic pack actually came off, oh, wow. the whole thing. So for the whole rest of the performance, I had no ears. I was winging it. Whoa. So I was like, OK, well, if all else fails, I can't even hear myself. I'm about to bust the split real fast <laughs> i'm about to bust this <laughs> money you so literally kind of kind of saved me you would never have been able to tell ever thank you you l- were full of i was freaking out and praying to god i'm sure moment. now <laughs> and obviously the performance had you know this intro that became like a viral thing mm-hmm. um and everybody was i think it was like our number one story like the performance was the number one story for billboard on facebook i think after the vmas like, were you guys surprised by how many people were talking about those few second intro, or did you know that people were going to be talking about it? Um, I couldn't say that that was necessarily the intention, because I feel like the whole performance was just a creative capture of our story. So from front from beginning to end, there's so many different elements that told that story. So I don't know if we yeah. particularly thought people would only focus on that, but it was a it was an element that was important to our storytelling. So we're it's cool that people talked about it. Hey, people were talking about our performance. That's what matters, right? <laughs> Very cool. So I, I want to ask about the album. I, I talked to a couple of you guys about the album already. Yes. But now it's out, and mm-hmm. you had fans out. reacting to it. Um, you know, how often do you guys, like, obviously everybody, you're, I'm sure all of your mentions are like, oh, my God, it's out. I, I love it. But, like, how, how much do you guys look at, like, the reactions in terms of, this song seems to be a favorite of everybody. This song, like, people are really connecting to in this way. Like, 
do you guys pay a lot of attention to that definitely yeah our, our fans feedback is major to us we just we love watching their reaction videos and seeing what they're talking about because that kind of gives us an idea of what kind of music you know we can continue to make and all that kind of what where we connected the most which was which is really important to us in this yeah. run around because we just want to connect with our fans through our music yeah and i've come across so many people too that have that have that love lonely night there's been so many people saying that lonely Told night you. Rexa said on the Got good yeah, on twitter she was, she was like she was like at fifth harmony at epic single. this better be the next That's single <laughs> i love her i love her i like think just because of best, like, like she's, she's like, like her band she's a harmonizer you are in fifth harmony let's just say that like we love you yeah she really but yeah it's just amazing that people are responding well to our music because this is definitely the new the direction that we've wanted all this time and the fact that we've honed into it and people are responding well to it makes me so happy because we've been wanting this and we're finally you know we finally stepped to the studio and we were given the power to create and especially with lonely night deliver like the direction we were able to have that control and that's what i'm so proud of because now people are loving it as much as we do yeah, you de- you definitely hear a, a different amount of freedom on this album, and Thank and I definitely. and I appreciate that just as a listener, like being able to hear the differentiation between you know the first two albums and then this one, it, it definitely seems like you're speaking more from your hearts, and I don't know, it's it's pretty like more authentic. Yeah, authentic's a perfect word. I yeah. mean, what is, does that make it more gratifying now that it's out and, and people are really oh, appreciating? Yes. Oh yeah, and it really helps that we were able to co-write more than half the album, <laughs> so we're we're more connected to to this in particular than we've ever been to any other record we've put out. Um, but yeah, it's it's so it's such an indescribable feeling because we've worked so hard on it in the in the past several months and um, you know, we've really had so many different sessions with different outstanding writers and producers and we were able to really say what we wanted to say on this album and get all of our feelings out and, and it's really great because in this album you hear kind of all ends of the spectrum when it comes to topics but we're so happy and our fans love the music we love the music we have our own music on repeat which never happened literally yeah. on my way to the jam. airport yesterday i was it. actually listening to the album yeah. and like, I feel like every time i look at dinah's phone she's which like is, listening to <laughs> so leave me alone yeah. you are your number one stand yeah. okay i know she literally like, like keeps saying it out loud i think that's what makes dinah and bb rex yeah yeah right totally totally and what's so cool too is that we're number one in like 48 countries yeah. and that's like the highest ever for us before it was like 21 20, crazy. 23 and just the response worldwide the fact that our music can travel so far yeah. people are like responding to it that's like yeah. so like you said gratifying yeah, just to know right. that and, and I also huge major shout out to our A&R Chris Anakute because yes. this wouldn't have been possible if, if it weren't for him yes. so I agree yeah. and Very it's cool. such a fulfilling like feeling as an artist to be able to put something out that you genuinely do believe in and yeah. Yeah. be received mm-hmm. so well and then also just for us internally as artists we haven't been able to create and do this and share you know what's really on our minds or what's really in our hearts for so long like we've always had the ideas but I think that it was just a matter of gaining respect and kind of proving ourselves which we've definitely done and we worked our ass off for so I think that it's really really nice to kind of gain that respect from mm-hmm. the people that work around us yeah and it makes the process way more fun to be honest yeah. like yeah. the all the press and all the sleepless nights and all of the touring and and the creative process like all of it is so much more fun when you 
actually like your music yeah. you know what i mean like when you're, you're actually yeah. yeah when you actually connect with your music and you can be like let's do like these kind of fan events because like this is inspiring this like and we think of those things and we want to do those things that's a whole other world yeah and right when we dropped our music you don't understand we looked at the schedule and we're like whoa we're about to go like there's no sleep in between and none of us like usually we're like yo can we get like a day off in between none of us have asked for that we're like let's just go we're so excited and we're ready to run with it (laughs) well well, uh, kind of along those lines like obviously you guys are really prolific you've had three albums over the course of three years every time you drop an album I, I, you know, I ask about it and you guys are also like, we're already thinking about the next thing. And so are you guys already thinking about, you know, number four or are you Ooh. more song ideas? I mean, look, this album came out a couple of days ago, but yeah. you, like I said, of, you guys work really fast. Pitched. I get that. Well, it's nice that you're um, eager for some new yeah. music. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, ahead of us right now. We just <laughs> dropped it, Jason. It's not just Give me. us some time. Well, you know. Know. Well, we just dropped the music, yeah. so I think this is just a We're fresh start. We're going to connect and ride with this one. Yeah, yeah. connect and ride with it. Getting we'll on see. tour with, yeah. with this yes. body of work. Coming exactly. to the States, because we're going to South America, but we have to go more places. Yeah, and I was going to ask about that. I mean, is the VMA's performance kind of indicative of what fans can expect Ooh. from the live show i would say so to to a certain extent um yeah. the budget was probably a little better yeah. for me budget is the key word yeah it's, a, it's <laughs> so <you know>. guys <laughs> so but we're doing but, we're definitely gonna definitely try our totally. best to bring as much of a thematic performance value to what we have this time just like more it's rain machines that's all right yeah let's yeah, just, just get the rain machine guys get a rain machine we can get some sprinklers never mind some hose guys get a hose or one of those you know when you were little and you had that little you stuck a plastic toy you could connect to the hose and it sprinkled things yeah oh yeah we could get one of those target on ideas it's like target how many with that budget well guys uh Again, congrats on everything. Congrats thank on the you. album. Thank you so on much. On the VMAs. Thank you um, so much. And uh, looking forward to what's next. Yes. Yeah. Thank you guys for stopping by the podcast. Thank you for thank having you. us. All right. Thank you so much to Fifth Harmony again. Uh, check out their new album, uh, Led by Down, featuring Gucci Mane. Uh, Love Angel as well, uh, which is produced by Skrillex. And also uh, check Billboard.com because... Uh, uh, Ali and Dinah actually went through the entire track list with me uh, last week, uh, broke down every song and how every song came together. So uh, check that out right now on Billboard.com. Well, now it is time for the chart set of the week. Uh, five years ago this week, Taylor Swift, hey, speaking of Taylor, uh, got her first number one on the Hot 100 with We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. And you thought her new single was drama. That, We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together was like super drama. Yep. Yeah, and that's nothing compared Love that. to the new single. Love that song. Um, the track hit number one on the September 1st, 2012 dated chart and spent a total of three weeks at number one. Uh, we Are Never Ever Getting Back Together was the lead single from Swift's Red album. It was Red, right? Pretty sure it was. Oh, yeah. Uh, which would later debut at number one on the Billboard 200 chart. Somewhat amazingly, Swift had charted 45 entries on the Hot 100 before she got her first number one. Uh, the closest she had gotten to number one before We Are Never was number two, twice, with You Belong With Me and in 2009, and Today Was a Fairy Tale in 2010. 
after we are never, ever getting back together. Swift has topped the chart three more times with Shake It Off, Blank Space, and Bad Blood. Now, she could, of course, add another number one on top of that next week, so stay tuned. Uh, So there you have it. Five years ago this week, Taylor Swift got her first number one on the Hot 100 with We Are Never, Ever Getting Back Together. Alrighty. Keith, I have I have some uh, chart trivia for you. You ready for oh, this? Oh, sh- I guess so. All right. So unscripted moment. Yeah. Look at that. Um, so five years ago, you mentioned we are never ever getting back together was released. Uh, uh, August 2012, it was released, and then Red came out October 2012. Um, it came out. Taylor Swift's Red came out on the same day as a, a pretty memorable debut album. Uh, in October 2012, do you remember what that album is? So, uh, the same day that Red came out, there was another album that came out that was someone's debut album. Yes. So a debut album in 2012. <laughs> you want to give me a hint here? Uh, the... Aside from the fact that it's a debut album from someone. Uh, uh, my hint is that both Red and this album were nominated for Album of the Year at the Grammys. Was it Ed Sheeran? No. It was not. Um, 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 I don't know. Uh, Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid, Mad City. Oh. Both released, I believe, October 22nd, 2012. Uh, Kendrick Lamar uh, came in at number two, obviously, on the Billboard 200. That is why right. To Pimp a Butterfly in 2015 was his... Uh, First number one album. There you go, man. Look at that. Sliding in with some chart trivia. Bonus chart stat. Who knew? Love that. Um, (laughs) Any parting words before we close out the show? Um, No, man. I guess the the chart trivia was my parting words. Uh, Yeah, there you go. That works. Dishing out some brain busters. That's all all I'm here for. What song should we go out on? Um... You know what? Let's go out on... Let's go out on another uh, great red song from... uh, from Taylor Swift. Let's go out on Begin Again. Okay. Well, we'll see you guys uh, next time. Thanks. See ya.